0: Welcome to this latest episode of the Talking Heads podcast with me, Lucy Chamberlain. And me,
1: Saul Walker.
0: Now that autumn is making itself known to us, it seems a natural time to reflect on times past and look forward to new ventures ahead.
1: So, with that in mind, we'd like to give a nod to these recent few months by simultaneously embracing what lies in front of us, both practically and at our respective gardens, and by assessing how this exciting industry that we've decided to devote our professional lives to is evolving and thriving.
0: So many of us are showing this sector's true grit by quietly propagating new stock, dreaming up fresh initiatives, looking to new ways of working and generally supporting the trade. And our aim via this podcast is to muse on developments and showcase these horticultural heroes. We'll bring you two short 20-minute episodes each week, plus a longer bonus monthly interview.
1: What more of a reason do you need to join us on this journey? Let's once again step into the busy and exciting world of the modern head gardener. Good evening, Lucy. Um, I think if you were with me half an hour ago, I would have looked very different to where I am now. Uh, For our listeners at home, I've literally been trying to repair my computer for an hour. It stopped working and uh yeah wasn't a pretty sight but i'm back on and i'm able to connect up with lucy so it's great to see you. it's great
0: to see you too i did you did give me the heads up on this and i sent you a virtual hug because i could sense there was a slight amount of stress oh. in the devon, devon area just a tiny tiny amount so it's good to see you smiling again the um the the tension frown lines on your forehead that were there right at the start of our uh, zoom session have, have faded away and you look very chilled out and and mellow again so thank goodness for that
1: well you know they say us gardeners are meant to be the least stressed people but i tell you when something goes wrong (laughs) like that you 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 turn beetroot and the steam slowly comes out of the ears but i
0: know i've had a hard drive pop on me before and and lost an awful lot of work and it's absolutely oh just awful awful stuff and i'm so glad that you've managed to remedy it by Turning it off and on again a few times, as far as I gather.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Well, that's mostly what I did, (laughs) (laughs) But the positive thing is, is I can connect with you and we can record a podcast for our listeners. So
0: we can, and we can record it on this marvellous mechanical thing called Zoom. Yes. And that is going to be the topic of conversation for tonight's podcast, because I know a certain gentleman who's actually been getting to grips with Zoom. Rather well. He's been, you've been doing quite a lot of talks, haven't you, as well? And, uh, me knowing your brain and how it works, I know that you're one of these people that is very analytical and wants to know how things work and will look at buttons and press them and depress them and literally try to completely understand the whole of Zoom. So, so really, I think, Saul, so. the, the chance is for you now to give us a, a masterclass on this this um, this device that allows us to to host talks with societies and, and still connect with people. That's the most important thing about Zoom, isn't it? It's brilliant for that.
1: Yeah, it's definitely become uh, more popular. I think even and outside of gardening, I think it's in the consciousness of most of society, especially in the UK. I, I'm sure it's around the world. Everyone is Zooming each other while we're in these various stages of lockdowns or the restrictions we're in. The, the weird thing mm. for us was that um, when we started doing this podcast, we knew that we weren't going to be able to see each other. Right, You, you know, you're in Essex, I'm in Devon. Yeah. For anyone who doesn't know the geography of the UK, that's a good five-hour drive away, and that's really a bit, you know, of a of a tall ass to go every week to Lucy or Lucy to come to me just to record twenty minutes of podcasts. So we wanted to find a way of connecting with each other so we could record these podcasts. And um, I'm at the end of last year, I found Zoom, a very niche product. No one had really... It was it, it was was sort of ta- yeah, talked about in the podcasting circles and, and a few forums yep. as a good way of connecting up to record, but really no one was using it. So I had to delve into it quite a lot to learn how to use it, make sure it worked for our podcast. But um, mm. lo and behold, three months later, when we had to change the uh, podcast and everything... Zoom became the all encompassing giant that it has. And and I'm really glad that we got to know it early because, in some ways, uh, we were there. We were there at the start.
0: This is what I quite like, actually, because normally, you know, I'm a green fingered girl and I'm quite practical and I like my Mm. cooking and I like my my gardening, but I'm not massively savvy. I'll be happy to admit when it comes to things with with modern uh, technological devices. But when people were starting to talk about Zoom meetings because of lockdown, I was like, yeah, I know what to do. I've got Zoom on my computer. I've done it before. I've been doing it for months. So that was quite a novel feeling for me.
1: <laughs> so, <laughs> you could just log on and you were telling your family how to do it and you were telling everyone how to do I it. Was. You were feeling quite technological, yep. weren't you, Lucy?
0: Exactly. It's nice to not feel out of your depth when, because, uh, you know, as things change so much with technology, you do invariably or I do feel out of my depth most of the time so to not feel that
1: was a was a lovely feeling it's it's interesting in gardening isn't it because it is a low-tech industry we you know we do have our technical bits and uh, especially spreadsheets spreadsheets uh, uh, the odd whiteboard you know kind of thing but um, (laughs) commercial side of horticulture there's a lot of tech going on there and maybe one day we'll we'll talk about that but on our end it's it's all spades trowels mulch you know, d- dirty things, So th- things that Fra- people have in their <laughs> shed. Do you know what I mean? Practical
0: hands-on stuff. Yes, exactly. I think so when I it do. comes to
1: technology, <laughs> we're not always the, the brightest a bunch. But I like to think that, well, I did think an hour ago, I was quite technological until the computer blew up. But I, have I like you say, like to engage with, with new things and use um, tools like the spreadsheets. I know we always take the mick out of each other for them. You started it. I know I did. <laughs> Um, but Zoom has become quite a a big facet now of a lot of yeah. the gardening community's life because it's being used quite extensively to host talks, demonstrations or webinars, as people are calling them, for a lot of uh, different societies. So if I take my head gardener's cap off for a bit and put on another cap, I'm a member of probably upteen co- committees. So I, I have the ability not to say no when someone asks me, do I want to be on the Hardy Plant Society Committee, the Alpine Garden Society Committee, the Institute of Horticulture Committee. Uh, and sometimes I even get roped in as chairman, which is another thing entirely. But the one thing that my uh, skill in Zoom has brought to all these committees is the ability to start running talks programmes whereas before uh, most of these societies and groups worked is we'd all went went to a certain place, usually a village hall somewhere in the county mm. or somewhere local and we meet up uh, as a group, nice cup of
0: tea, a cup, of, cup tea, of tea, biscuit. Of
1: that's that is something I'm missing, but um, and then generally, uh, the, the afternoon or the evening goes that we have a speaker, a speaker, uh, someone yeah. notable who wants to come on and talk on a certain subject, and uh, usually that's a, a PowerPoint or a slide projection onto the wall. Now, that's not happened now, it must be well, we're getting on to the seven eighth month of this whole thing, and um, yeah, one of the yeah. worries for the groups were is that not seeing each other was sort of loosening our ties, the cohesion of the groups. So I uh, suggested uh, through seeing what was happening that we start putting together some Zoom um, talks and start working a programme through. And so far, it's working reasonably well. I'm quite enjoying them, uh, mostly because I don't have to travel to these village halls that are an hour, (laughs) two hours away. And actually... um, from the point of view of the speaker, the point of view of giving a talk, it's not actually that much different because you've got your slides, you talk over them and people are listening to them. A lot of people are sitting back in their armchairs, so they're probably pretty comfortable as well.
0: Yeah, well, to, just to, to, like I say, I, I know that really this is your area, mm. but just to say, I'm not, I'm not doing many, well, I'm not doing any Zoom talks at the moment. I've got a couple of months where I need to, to duck out of any extra commitments. So I'm just watching and, and, uh, and just seeing other people um take up take up that baton four or five nights ago now the garden media guild which of which i'm a a member uh hosted a talk on giving zoom gardening talks because a lot of the members were wanting to to um go down that route but they didn't have the confidence or the knowledge to to host a, a zoom talk or to to give a zoom talk uh, confidently and Tamzin who we 've had on the the podcast before yep. as a, as a guest she she gave us a um a guide through annoyingly for me uh and this is part of the the delights of living in a rural community. Our internet connection was very unstable for that night, and I think you and I had problems the night before we recording did, yeah. the podcast because they've been digging up the road in in fingering and, and installing some new uber super duper speed cables, and in doing so, everything slowed down to a, to a crunch so uh, uh, Ironically, I didn't actually get to see the Zoom talk very much about, about this, but I have lots of questions. So I thought I could also then pose them to, to you tonight. And I'm hoping these questions might be things that other people who are contemplating giving Zoom talks could, could find useful. Yeah, go so, ahead. So, yeah. um, well, the, from what I understand of it, the, the Zoom, you need to be a host for Zoom in order to actually invite people in but i don't believe it's a very good idea for the speaker to actually be the host because it's too much of a commitment for you to to manage that um for example like as i was kept dropping out of the of the garden media guild talk uh, the co-host uh could invite me back in again but if you're speaking and trying to host at the same time you can't be talking about your passionate subjects such as brigmanzia which i know is one of your favorite talks and then clicking buttons to let people back in or doing other admin tasks during that time so um, i'm guessing that's that's quite a, a fundamental important thing to get right isn't it and to put out there right at the start to your society yeah
1: usually the society will have someone who hosts the zoom talk I, I, I do it with a co-host with mine just for exactly your reasons mm. because then if i miss something uh, the other co-host will pick it up but yes but as a as the speaker actually you don't you don't need to co- uh, to host i, I actually had um, quite a few emails from people who were going to get to speak who th- thought they needed to be able to host to be able to give the talk and actually that's not the case um, mm. you can as the host enable anyone who is joining the meeting to be able to share their screen or what they're doing on their computer. And then all they need to do is start the PowerPoint presentation, as they would probably do if they were doing it in person. That'll come up on the screen and then, hey, presto, off you go and just talk over it. And and, and it's, it is just like uh, you would be there at the hall. In some ways, actually, some people have had feedback for us it, say it's a bit better because in the hall... Uh, There's regular times where the focus is out or the light's not quite right, and you can't actually see mm-hmm. the slides very well. But with a screen, you've obviously got it set up how you want. And actually, if it's a photo heavy talk, which a lot of them are in gardening because it is all about the pretty flowers and bits uh, yeah. and, and good looking gardens. You can actually see the photos better, so I'd say that's another advantage of having it over the Zoom than in person.
0: And can't you? You can annotate the photos, can't you? As you're talking, you yep. can actually put, um, like you say, you, you can like a laser pen. Mm, essentially, yeah. you, you can get up there and you can draw on the slides. You can um, point things out, and uh, I think that again is 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 quite a nice um, sort of nod to to the modern day and quite interactive, isn't it? So. Um, Just going back to, for me, some quite basic questions. How many people can be invited along to a Zoom talk?
1: Yeah, so there are... uh, Are we in the hundreds? Well, we are in the hundreds, yeah. There are different levels of subscription, uh, the licence you can get. Um, It's free. There is a free uh, licence, which we started using at the start, but then we realised that only has a 14-minute time limit before it switches off you can log back in mm. but we've got a bit annoying so we've bought a license under my license you can go to 100 people the next level right. up is 300 people and I think there's another level up which is unlimited so um right I, you're not constrained I, uh, the, the last talk we did we got 33 people which uh, for only our second talk is quite good because the one thing mm. I will say is that uh, with with being as tactful as I can, most garden societies and clubs aren't made up of young, tech knowledgeable people. It, it generally is on the older end of the demographics, and a lot of them are very good on computers these days. But a lot of them still uh, are sort of sort of trying to get used to the technology. Luckily, I think this whole pandemic has brought a lot of people up to uh, up to a level yes, that I don't that think be, they would yeah. ever thought they would get to, and now we're getting right into the, the second, third talk. They're not having any problems with it. But there has been a few teething problems to start with, as you would expect with a new system. But um, yeah, we can get a few, yeah, a few hundred if we need to.
0: That's great. And you're mentioning that, that so you say it's a licence that you, you purchased. From, from, so that would, be, that would be the society's responsibility rather than the yes. the, the speaker. Yeah, a- absolutely. So, so you don't need to take on that cost yourself. Yeah, No, you?
1: no, no, no. As a speaker, uh, literally, uh, hopefully, you get invited and they would have the setup in essence and all you need to do mm. is have a, a a good computer a good internet connection is 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 worth it i will say dropping out is that that's probably the con of the whole um system is if if you don't have a great internet connection which a lot of us um, gardeners are in rural locations. You know, the big gardens mm. are in the middle of nowhere sometimes. Luckily, I live in, on the edge of a big city, but um, it is really worth checking to make sure that your interconnection, internet connection is good. And then it's yeah. just having a yeah. decent camera microphone is the other thing I will say, because yes. uh, as well as having good slides, it's all about your voice, because the one drawback is they can't see you very well there's no interaction with the audience that you would have at mm-hmm. in a live talk therefore you've got to make sure that people can hear you uh, really well and it comes across quite clearly so I think that's one thing that sometimes people uh, lack a little bit because they can't hear themselves going through to other people's computers and sometimes their mics may not be so good so it's really worth if you're going to go and do a talk just trial it with a friend or someone in the family in another room just to make sure you're clear enough to be heard yeah
0: and when it comes to etiquette with the talk I mean I I guess the societies you want to stipulate that people don't record the talk because it's your own um own information and it's it's got value to that so you don't want then someone popping it on youtube without your knowledge and um when it comes to interaction with the the audience i guess you could have it so that people could talk whilst you're talking but that's probably going to be quite disjointed so the norm is to mute everybody isn't it ask everyone to mute themselves um have you tried it any other way or is that the best way would you say Um,
1: no we've always we always mute people so the host has the ability to mute everyone at the same time and that's generally what we do during the talks on zoom um and we've just started using this there is a chat function which brings up written words on the screen so if you really want to send a question you can write it and it'll come up on the screen and hopefully the speaker will pick it up to be honest it doesn't always happen i must say i did a talk uh, on brugmancy as you said the last time i was also hosting the meeting at the same time and you're absolutely spot on <laughs> Even though I'm pretty good at multitasking, I it's really very hard to both give a talk and focus on the hosting. So I'm for the next few talks, I'm just doing the hosting. And hopefully then I can be the sort of the the endpoint for the questions and I can keep them already for the end of the talk. So I think that's how we're going to do it. We do find that if people start unmuting and talking, they tend to start talking at the same time. And because there's a lag in the computer, it tends to get quite muddled. So we try and keep it as simple as we can. That that was probably another drawback is that the interaction with the speaker is probably not what you would want it to be. But... Um, Yeah, we're going to try on the chat. But I think these things are evolving more and more. Of course. Um, And I I have a feeling that Zoom are going to bring out new features in response to what people are using it for. Because as far as I understand, Zoom was first just a professional meeting for business. Mm -hmm. So it was a way of video conferencing meetings in business. And it wasn't really set up for personal use or or how we're using it. So I think it's evolving slowly as, as people work out what they want to use it for.
0: With When it comes to a platform pre- for presenting your topic, as you say, sometimes you want to be the narrator. You want to have a talk where actually you're standing there. People can see you talking. Mm. Other times you want slides with, with, with text or bullet points or images, as you say, which is so important for horticultural talks. Other times, and I think you have actually done this, which is where I'm leading to, you can actually do practical demonstrations yes. in your own garden, can't you? Which I find that to me is very exciting. So Saul has actually been doing this in his zoom talks which for the audience isn't how how often do you actually
1: get to see that that's incredible uh, you know it's probably the biggest plus point and it wasn't something i was expecting to be a a real advantage until i did it and then the feedback i got was amazing people like Mm. wow i can actually go out into your garden see mm-hmm. the plants uh i did a, a pruning demonstration on overwintering brugmancia i showed them how to uh get Pliony uh, orchids ready for winter i did a whole tour of my garden showing them the flowers and to be honest rather than the talks that was very enjoyable for me and i think mm. for the audience as well that is I definitely something yeah. you don't get in the live, you know, being at the village hall talks, you exactly. don't get to see the gardens in situ. So, yeah, amazing.
0: What you what you did there essentially was switch it into like a TV program. Yeah. Because, as you say, with with the talks, they they are lovely, and I I've done many talks in the past, and I do really enjoy standing in front of an audience and and engaging with them and and, and captivating their interest. And you've got that energy of your talk, and you you they latch on to that, and they flow with you. And I think that and that is maybe something that, as you say, a Zoom talk isn't able to give you so much of. So that's the disadvantage. But when you can then do things such as, as you say, have you're you walking around your garden, you're showing people exactly how to do a task. It's real. What you're doing there is not like a a line diagram or from a pruning manual or you're not sort of like bringing a prop in and trying to kind of like do something that's that's not quite right. You're actually going into your garden, showing them how to prune a back, brigmansia back to get it into the polytunnel, to get it to, to overwinter. That, I think, is so, so useful and something that no horticultural society uh, Pre-COVID, we'd be able to
1: offer, and it's so. it's very um, direct. Um, mm. I find it very hard uh, live talks to sort of show people what I mean. You're sort of trying to describe it, and you're hoping people yeah. get it. But just going outside and three minutes on pruning for overwintering brugmansias probably did what i could talk about for 20 minutes and it's just so immediate and i really really enjoyed it the the other advantage the big advantage of zoom talks is we're managing to get people who we'd never be able to get uh, at local societies because Mike. of the distance that one what people don't understand is we do charge a fee for our talks but we also charge transport and actually the transport costs are probably the higher of the two costs and societies find that very hard to cover so that generally they get people in their locality which means there's a small pool of people that they can invite they tend to invite the same person every two years so I intend to go back to the same clubs every two years with a different talk but um, we're managing to get people from all over the country so a great example is you mentioned Tamsin Um, she is going to do a talk for the Devon Hardy Plant Society in February or March she is in Herefordshire. it's Herefordshire, isn't it and yes. um, yeah. she is going to be directly talking to us um, we've mm. got Harriet uh, Rycroft who is a, a major name in uh, pot gardening uh, she does lots of containers and she is going to do a demonstration on how to plant a spring container from her home
0: lovely lovely uh,
1: next month you know You'd never be able to do this with a live talk. And
0: I guess it actually you you could once once you start reaching out, you could become um, have international speakers if Absolutely. you wanted to. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So so again, that that throws open a massive avenue that is is it just can't as you say societies can't explore that because of the transport issues. And uh, um, how how brilliant is that that we can we can now look to that as a something to explore. So so when it comes to. Um, in a nutshell, what you what you think Zoom can offer. Um, obviously, we've touched on the the major points. From from your personal point of view, you say you you do enjoy speaking uh, and, and doing talks via Zoom. Would you recommend it for everybody, or would you say it's it's not quite for every horticulturist out there wanting to do talks? What's
1: your honest opinion of it? For me, um maybe because I'm a bit younger, a bit more technologically involved, I think it's great because mm. um I'm at home, I can do really good high-end talks, I can do videos, I can do the demonstrations. I don't have to travel, so my time is, you know, my time uh, is cut down on having to travel. So I really enjoy it. I do miss going to see people. And I must say I miss the societies that I'm a member of mm. and going to see regular. And I think people We'll miss that and we will go back to those live talks. What I am hoping is that we'll be able to incorporate an element of Zoom into those talks. I'm already in talks with one place, which I know has a really good internet connection to their village hall, that we can have people who are not comfortable with coming you know, Mm. to the live talks. We can still Zoom the talk into their homes if they want. I'm also hoping that we can keep up because I think think the ability to be able to get the big names that are around the country and you say internationally and Mm. be able to just project them onto a wall because I don't think you need to be there live even when you're doing a talk. You can literally be projected on a wall somewhere. I think that's an exciting avenue and hopefully... The future will be the uh, you know a bit more that the world will be coming to us. We've reached the end of today's episode, and we sincerely hope that you found it informative and entertaining. If you'd like to leave us a review via your podcast provider, we'd be delighted to know your thoughts.
0: While many aspects of the garden year are behind us, there are still plenty of horticultural milestones to mark, so Saul and myself are eager to bring you yet more valuable episodes of the Talking Heads podcast. We're also keen to visit those iconic gardens, large and small, of our peers and friends.
1: With this in mind, you can look forward to an autumn packed full of interviews, road trips, practical advice, and of course, mine and Lucy's opinions on all manner of wide-ranging horticultural topics. We want to ensure that our listeners are kept up to date with what any self-respecting head gardener needs to know. So, until the next episode of Talking Heads, goodbye! Goodbye!